Today's podcast is brought to you by Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast. What's the best way to help you and your finances thrive? The answer can be overwhelming with all the financial misinformation out there. Fortunately, you can turn to Nerd Wallet's objective finance journalists to set things straight and help you make smart decisions with your own money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bill so I don't dread April every single year. Managing finances with a partner without causing a breakup. Putting away more money for retirement since I'm not going to do this podcast forever. Sorry, folks. And also boosting my credit score since good credit is like a real-life cheat code. Saving for an emergency fund because life is like a good movie. It loves a good plot twist. The nerds also explain the real impact that the latest financial headlines could have on your life. Weekly financial check-ins with smart money help you spend more time doing what matters and less time worrying about what doesn't. Let NerdWallet's trusted experts untangle today's web of financial misinformation. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Bulldog fans, rodeo season is here. I tried the Dixie National Rodeo. Get ready to roll, man. And uh, I remember being a kid, that was like the biggest highlight for us. My grandmother would get us tickets every year. And me and my brother would wear our cowboy outfits. We'd put our boots on, have our chaps, our vest. And we'd go up there. And just in case one of the cowboys got a little bit scared to get on a horse or a bull, we were willing to do it. Yeah, for sure. Guys, boots aren't just for going out to a country western bar and doing a little boot scooting. Maybe you got a little Texas two-step in your game. Tacovas can make you look better than ever. Absolutely. And here's the deal, too. That's the thing. The versatility of Tacovas is you can wear them somewhere nice or you can live life where you don't go gently. That's what Tacovas does for you. Yeah, it's a rugged, handsome boot. It's my favorite boot brand, and it should be yours, too. Be sure and check them out. Tacovas believes in Western for all people, and you can feel that when you go into their stores, when you walk in, you'll be greeted like family, offered a boot shine and a drink and maybe even an adult beverage if you prefer, and you can get custom-fitted for a new pair of Tecovis boots. You can get custom leather stamping or branding, whatever you need to make it feel somewhat individual. Look up your closest store at tecovis.com. But if you can't make it to a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And you know what, partner? Point your toes west. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the magnificent Monday edition of The Yard. Hope things are well with you. An eventful weekend. We'll get into all of that. But the the big news coming up is uh, we're going to get back to some football. There's been a lot of stuff that's going on you know, kind of off the field, and there's been, you know, some jockeying for position. There's been uh, been some nonsense, but uh, we're going to be able to kind of get back into some sports talk sooner rather than later, and I don't just mean of the speculative sense. You know, there's always like, well, there's five players to watch, that sort of stuff. That, that, that stuff will carry us through the summer. But Mississippi State, players begin to report today. Really around the conference – Around the country, you're seeing a lot of schools reporting the Big 12, I think, is a week behind us. But the SEC uh, cleared the way to begin voluntary workouts on June 8th, and so players began to report today. I'm going to get into that, kind of explain you know, what, what to expect. I made a post over on Gene's page. I'm going to expound on that and share with you more of what I have learned even since then. And I won't get out of here until we talk about some transfer stuff. How about that? A lot of people interested in the transfer portal these days. A lot of people interested to see destinations of guys that entered the portal and some of the things that go on. So we're going to talk about some of that a little bit later in the show. And also, too, I get a lot of people to say, Steve, these top ten lists, I'm really enjoying these, especially the music stuff, because uh, it kind of takes me back a little bit. So we're going to go way back today. We're going to go way back. We're going to talk about an artist that is near and dear to the heart of everyone, no, it's not Michael Jackson, but it is somebody from that same era. So we're going to get into that a little bit later in the show. I want to thank our friends at Bulldog Burger Company. Great people, great food, great prices, great atmosphere. 
Now with two locations to serve you right here on University Drive in Stark Vegas and on Gloucester Street in Tupelo. A great restaurant, Crawley Hamburger, is one of the great delicacies in life. You should treat yourself whenever you can. You've been good, right? A lot of you people say, well, you know, Steve, I'm not ready to go to restaurants. You can still get curbside service. You can still get it to go. You can still get the great nourishment that is provided at Bulldog Burger Company and bring it to your home. Mom deserves a night off. I think mom's probably had to deal with more during this pandemic than anybody else because they got to deal with dad's stress and then the kids' stress and the kids aren't in school and the kids are here a lot more. They're messing up more. There's just more going on. So anytime we can give mom a bit of a break, we should. Do it tonight. Go to eatwithus.com. You can order online for Bulldog Burger Company and the rest of the family of great restaurants that serve the Golden Triangle. Bulldog Burger Company, the place for people in Starkville Go to meet, M-E-A-T. So let's jump into reporting. That's the most important thing right now, right? Not going to spend a lot of time talking about one or two players. We're going to talk about a team. You got a team of Bulldogs showing up at the SEAL Complex today. So here's what's going to happen, okay? So like this week, players can work out on their own, Um. You know, and, and they can kind of get together. And there are some guys that haven't been here, as you guys are aware. K.J. Costello arrived over the weekend and is now here to begin his Mississippi State Bulldog career. And so many of those guys can get together and go throw and uh, and just really have the opportunity to kind of be together and begin to build a little bit of esprit de corps. That's going to take place this week. But also, more importantly, there are some testing that's going to take place. Uh, there are some physicals that are going to take place. So this week, everybody is going to get kind of get a clean bill of health. They'll be tested and they'll have the opportunity to, to kind of have their medical uh, you know, issues kind of examined. You know, some guys had some off-season procedures. You know, that was pretty minimal. There's nothing that will keep anybody out. But uh, everybody will kind of get, you know, a full physical assessment this week before they begin the voluntary workouts next week, you know, under the supervision of the strength and conditioning staff. All of that will take place this week. And this is an important week. There's a lot of people that say, you know what, Steve, I'm so sick and tired of all this talk about players you know, being poached off of our roster. You know, I get it. And then the best way to kind of avoid that is getting everybody back. Getting them back. Now, last year, you may recall, there were a few players like Isaiah Zuber and some others that did not report for June but came in in July. There may be some of that this year, too. There's not as many summer internships and that sort of stuff, but there are some of these guys that have family events and you know, they just announced the, uh, you know, it's been in the last 10 days that they have announced when guys are coming back. And so there may be some guys that aren't part of the June summer session that will join us in July. Hopefully, we'll have, uh, you know, close to 100% attendance. But uh, they're not going to take attendance and they're not going to make all that available to the media and that sort of stuff. We're hoping to have some player availability at some point before camp begins. I don't know if that happens, but we're hoping that it happens. In most years, we don't have access to players from after spring practice until the beginning of fall practice. We usually have like a media day, an on-campus media day, where they bring in several players. We're able to interview them and coaches, kind of get everything kicked off. They like to give those guys some time. But uh, this year may be a little bit different because of the fact that we didn't have spring practice and we have not had, have had access to football players uh, since the Music City Bowl. It's a long time. We've talked to a lot of coaches, had some updates from them. I'm sure they're tired of talking to us. We're not tired of talking to them. We're trying to get any information that we can. But, you know, let's be honest, there's not a lot of report, lot, lot to report until we get players on campus. Now, your coaches – will not be able to have interaction on the field with players until the SEC and the NCAA reach an agreement on when practice can begin. We do expect an elongated fall practice. you got to give these guys time to acclimate and kind of get their legs out from under them and kind of get back into football shape. And so they want to give them a longer period of time before we take the field this fall. Now, July is hot around here, in case you guys haven't noticed. We do have that trusty uh, indoor practice facility. You know, we, we probably used it too much the last couple of years. 
But all that being said, we're going to have some drills to kind of let guys get going again because we can kind of ramp up their level of activity before we get into fall camp. It, it is going to be a very different year, a very different year in many respects. I still suspect the month of July that we will have some practice sessions and then probably a couple weeks worth, and they'll be very, very light. Probably just helmets and, you know, the workout clothes or whatever. Probably go really, really light, do some install, do some drills, kind of do some cardio, kind of get guys up and going again. Because if we sit on the show many times, you know, it's one thing when you're working on your own. You know, you don't, you don't push as hard. I don't, I don't care what level of athlete you are. Everybody needs a little bit of a trainer to get a little more out of you. And so there will be that period during the month of June where some of these guys uh, have forgotten what it's like to work in the Southeastern Conference. They'll get them up to speed and then turn them over to the coaches. And so the coaches also, too, they, uh, they can't have any input on what hey, this guy needs to work this, this guy needs to work that. that that's not how that's going to happen during the June voluntary workouts because they are strictly voluntary. You're not required to come in. Now, most years Mississippi State has close to 100% participation. It's because guys want to be back and they want to kind of sharpen the saw and kind of perfect their craft. And so you don't see guys miss unless they have to miss. So I suspect we'll find out, probably unofficially, over time, that certain players are here, some that you guys are concerned about. As I mentioned, K.J. Costello's here. That's big. Big bit of work out with the team. So there will be, this week, they will do the COVID-19 testing. They will do, you know, the physical skills and all that sort of stuff just to kind of make sure the guys have a good range of motion before they turn them loose. Everybody's going to have a physical to ensure that everybody's fed and not, not have any lingering injuries. And, and then when we get into workouts, every guy is going to be here every single day, and they're going to be assessed by medical staff before they're granted access to the weight room. That's important. Well, let's say, for an example, a guy comes in, he doesn't have a fever, he, he's not experiencing any symptoms related to COVID-19 or anything of the sort, well, then they're going to be permitted to begin their workout. They're going to show up in their workout gear because the locker room is going to be off limits during the month of June. Guys will come, work out. The, the workstations are going to be separated a little bit more. The groups are going to be a little bit smaller. They'll get their workout in, then they'll get their post-workout nutrition, You know, get their protein shakes and things like that, get a banana, whatever they need. That'll all be provided as usual. And then they will leave and then shower at home. Well, then you're going to have some support staff come in behind that workout group that's going to sanitize the entire locker room, the entire work room, workout room, pardon me, the weight room. Whether the gear got touched or not, they're going to sanitize everything. That's going to be very heavily supervised to ensure 100% compliance. And then the next group will come in knowing that they have a sterilized environment. It's very, very important. And, you know, I'm sure they were doing a lot of that stuff just because of MRSA over the years because that's one of the things that, you know, that's been a big problem in locker rooms over the years, staff infections. There's a heightened sense of awareness now that we've got COVID-19 uh, as something that we're dealing with uh, for some time. Let's say a guy comes in and he does have fever. If a guy has fever or is exhibiting any flu-like symptoms, they will not be permitted to work out but they won't just be sent home. At that point, then there will be a different protocol. The medical staff will then take over, and there will be some additional testing to ensure this person is, is negative. You know, the days of everybody going to work sick are over. You know what I'm saying? Whether you've got COVID-19 or just a simple cold, that there, people, there's going to be a different level of scrutiny when it comes to personal health and well-being going forward. So Mississippi State's going to have a lot more staff involved in the voluntary workouts, not from a supervisory standpoint, but just people ensuring that this is a healthy environment for all student athletes and coaches. It's a lot of new protocols. I mentioned guys are going to have to come to the, uh, the workouts in their workout clothes. Well, then they will leave, go home, change, and then bring back a bag of their, uh, their sold laundry the next day. And then they'll get into the habit of dropping off and picking up every day. Because they have several, 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 several different workout outfits. You know, one day they're in the grays, next day they're maroons, whatever. And so that is something that it's a very, 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 you know, regimented thing. Everybody's going to wear this. Then when you get back the next day in your workspace, 
your clean laundry that'll be the responsibility of the university. They're going to take care of that. You can't assume anything. You know what I'm saying? You can't assume the guys are going to go home and, and clean their stuff. I mean, you guys were in college too. I mean, how many times did you wear a shirt before you washed it? So you take that responsibility off to an athlete. You just do. And it's not that anybody does it on purpose, you know, that they, oh, just, I just, oh my goodness, we're wearing grace today, I forgot to wash it. Just take that responsibility out of the student athlete's hands, have them bring it back, bring their bags back, put it in the laundry, it all gets washed, they come back, pick up the next day. That way, it just, you come in work, got clothes, you leave, you go home, you bag them up, bring them back, and then every day, you're getting clean stuff. So this will be, it's a month-to-month type thing, if you know what I'm saying. Like, so they'll learn in the month of June, there'll be some things that Mississippi State does well. There'll be some things that perhaps you learn from other schools. You know, maybe up the road at Ole Miss. Maybe they've done some things you find out about uh, that they're helping. And so everybody in this respect is kind of in the same boat. Everybody is, has a vested interest in playing football. And so there will be things that will be tried at other places that will be successful that will spread throughout the conference around the country. Then we'll see what happens in July. But June is a very important month when it comes to football. Very important. Not just because of the workouts. Not just because of the fact that we've reopened campus. but Because we're going to put athletes back together in close proximity in some respects with some social distancing requirements. And then we're going to see what happens. You know, everybody understands that, you know, you can't come to work sick and you can't work out sick and that sort of stuff. But what, you know, now that we're going to have these guys, because listen, we don't know where these people have been. You know, a lot of people went away for spring break. A lot of people have been, uh, you know, working out with friends. They've taken trips. They've been all over the country. And now they're going to come back and be in you know, kind of an enclosed environment in, in some respects. And so now what happens when you have these athletes working together, living together in a close proximity again, you know, do we have an infection issue? Now, of course, young people, for the most part, have been okay with all of this. But you can rest assured there will be somebody around the country, a football player, that is going to test positive for COVID-19. They may not be sick. They may not have any symptoms. They may just simply be a carrier. But how schools are going to handle that will be interesting. I'm sure those guys will go into quarantine. They test negative or whatever. But uh, there's going to be, rest assured there will be some positive tests. The issue is that you won't know about it. You know, there may, may leak out that, that uh, you know, a certain school has had a couple of guys test positive for COVID-19. But due to HIPAA, they're not going to put that information out there. And so in the event that there is an outbreak, it'll be handled you know, by the, the respective university's medical staff. But you can go ahead and get ready. There are going to be kids that are going to test positive, whether they're sick or not. Go ahead and get ready. I'm not saying it happens at Mississippi State. i got no way to know that. But with that many people coming back from the far reaches of our country, and then all being tested for the first time, there are going to be some positive tests. Just go ahead and expect that. We're not going to have a 100% uh, you know, negative rate. There will be some that will be tested and they'll have the antibodies. They'll have had it and been sick and, and not really known it. So how they learn to handle all that in the month of June is going to be important. It's going to be important because in a couple months, we're going to plan to be around them, right? You know, I know us in the media, we're going to be around them. We're going to have uh, some media opportunities. I don't, I don't know if, if we do it on a conference call. I don't know if we do it outside. and We all stand six feet away. I don't know. It's a new world for all of us. But we're going to have some media opportunities. And then you guys are going to be around. I don't know if we do fan day. You know, those are the things you think about. And hopefully this year is an anomaly. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully we get a handle on this and we get a vaccine and treatment. And this kind of becomes just something that we deal with as a bit of an inconvenience rather than a life-threatening situation. Uh, but I remain very optimistic about football. But there are going to be some reports this summer, because, and, and then there will be those people, too, that are, that are lying in wait. Some within the media and some of your Facebook friends will just be waiting, waiting to pounce. See, I told you. And, of course, a lot of these people will test positive and then not have any issues at all. But that won't satisfy those people. Trust me. And then they'll be, oh, well, just because one person – you know, in South Dakota tested positive in the locker room for, for COVID-19, we're going to have to cancel football. That's not going to happen. But there will be some safety protocols put in place to protect other student-athletes from being infected. But rest assured, there will be positive tests. Rest assured. I got no doubt about that. You shouldn't either. 
I don't think it's going to derail college football either. Now, if we get in our, all of a sudden it starts running through the locker room and, and it spreads and infection rates go through the roof, then, then they're probably going to rethink things. I don't expect that to happen. I think there will be enough safety protocols in place to be able to contain that sort of stuff. But be that as it may, we never thought we'd be sitting at home for a couple months either. Never thought we'd cancel college baseball season and the Deadgum College World Series. We did. But uh, speaking to Mississippi State officials, you know, it's, it's kind of a live and learn type thing. It's like, you know, we're going to take every precaution necessary to protect our student athletes and, and, and we'll, we'll move forward. And it's one of those deals where once they get everybody back, that's going to be the whole thing. Once they first get back and get to that, that initial round of testing, you know, then it's like there's no need to test everybody every week. Now, some of the things that I saw in the national media, people are thinking we need to test every day. Now, that's the expense of all that and the inconvenience of all that are, uh, you know, it's just not, it's not prudent. I don't know how, how possible it is either. Uh, I had somebody tell me that with some of these baseball programs, they're doing what's called a spit test. It's like everybody spits in a cup, and then they, then they test the spit. And if there is the presence of the virus, then they do more testing. But, however, if they all spit in a cup and then there is no presence of the COVID-19 virus, then everybody they assume everybody has been tested and then don't have any further testing. I don't know all of the ins and outs of that, but I think it's rather interesting. But the bottom line is Mississippi State players back on campus, getting their uh, gear issued to them and kind of getting ready to get rolling. I'm excited about it. I know you are too. We're going to have updates as we get stuff over on jeanspage.com. If you're not a member, you darn well should be. I want to thank you guys. There's so many of you guys, too. You know, it was one of the things that I really worried about, you know, with uh, when the virus broke out and you know, they canceled baseball and they canceled spring football and they canceled the camps. We, we really worried about our business. And so many of you have stuck by us. And I just want to say thank you. From the bottom of my heart, and I know that I speak for everybody on our team, Gene, David, Mike, Paul, Robbie, Marianne, everybody. Thank you for believing in us and sticking with us. And uh, we hope that we have done a good job kind of keeping you informed and entertained during all this stuff. It's very important to us. We, we, we cover Mississippi State, you know, by choice. I believe we have some very talented people on our team that uh, have worked other places and can do other things. But uh, we love doing this. It is a passion for us. It is not just a paycheck. And so we know what it feels like when Mississippi State loses a big ball game. We wear it just like you do. Uh, I don't sit here and pretend to be someone that I'm not. I am a Mississippi State guy. I always will be. I always have been. I have always been allergic to other teams, other college teams' school colors. And you will never find a picture of me wearing another school's uh, colors. Maybe when I was a little kid, and uh, we lived so close to Hattiesburg that I had some relatives that went to Southern Miss. I might have had a Southern Miss shirt or two, but it was not anything that I ever chose for myself. So uh, I will admit to you that I am a Mississippi State fan. I want what's best for Mississippi State. I want Mississippi State to win every game. Let's jump on into the top ten list. I had somebody share this with me. I won't share their name. They kind of laughed it off a little bit. I guess they thought I wouldn't do it. I guess they thought, you know, Steve, Steve's the rock guy. I, I did the rap, the 80s rap thing the other day, and I had so many people reach out to me and said, dude, I can't believe you didn't have this or that, or, or you picked the wrong song for this. It was a lot of response. I mean, really, a lot of response for the classic rap stuff, and uh, I'm happy to see that. I really am. Uh, and it's interesting how, you know, LL Cool J and Ice-T and those guys very prominently mentioned this, this past weekend on social media with some of the uh, unrest in our country, and and absolutely wish all the best for everybody involved in that. You know, I, I am a proud Mississippian. I would rather be from Mississippi than anywhere else because I think growing up in small-town Mississippi, I learned how to deal with everybody, learned how to respect everybody. Loved my grandparents until I was about 10 years old, and that was one thing that was kind of instilled in us is that nobody's better than us, so we aren't better than anybody else. And so it's hurtful to see people that you care about be fearful of things that happen in life. And I know that there are many of the people in the sound of my voice that have had a much different experience than me. Some better, but a lot worse. And uh, don't think for one second that I don't recognize that. And so I want, you know, harmony like everybody else does. But uh, my hope is, is that for all of you, I hope that uh, you are not in harm's way and that all of those that you love are protected 
uh, from all of the negativity that is happening in our world these days. I'm not going to get all political and, and that sort of stuff with you guys, but uh, I love all y'all. I really do. And if I saw any of you getting mistreated or beaten or treated lesser than, uh, I would like to think that I would always do my best to intervene and stand up for you. I've got some friends of mine of color, and I know if they were in that situation, that we would be going to jail together. We'd either be going to the jail or the hospital together. So let's get in top ten, a little less serious. Top ten list today, the top ten Rick Springfield songs. That's right. That's right, Rick Springfield. Ricky Springfield, I know he's on General Hospital. For some of you ladies, you're thinking, oh, my gosh, I remember him. I can't remember what his name was. Was he Dr. Noah Webster or something like that? But anyway... Rick Springfield, a uh, you know, kind of a hard thrive of the early '80s. So here are my top ten Rick Springfield songs. My list is correct. If you have a list, you're welcome to that list, but chances are it is wrong, unless it is exactly the same as mine. You have the right to be wrong in America. Many of you exercise that right more than others. Number ten. Number ten for me is I've done everything for you. You've done nothing for me. Very catchy. It's a radio-friendly song. Relationship-type humor. Uh, good stuff. Number nine on my list is probably a Rick Springfield song that a lot of people aren't quite as familiar with because most people only know Rick Springfield, you know, from just the hits, you know, whatever they played on. Um, what did we listen to? WT, it was WTYX and Jackson. I think that's right. Then we had Power 108 on the coast. Uh, but it's Souls. Souls is one of my favorite Rick Springfield songs. I could have put this higher, like if it was just like just based off, you know, a personal preference, I would have put it higher. But I think there are some songs that were bigger hits as he got more established in his career that it would be almost disrespectful. But number nine for me is Souls. If you don't know that song, go listen to it today. Pull it up on iTunes and listen to it. It's very, very great. It's another romance song, but. Uh, Really dig it. It's uh, it's got a good message. Number eight, one of uh, one, more of a ballad for him is uh, "What Kind of Fool Am I to Lose You." Another uh, one of those good breakup songs. That's pretty much all Rick wrote about was relationship type stuff. He's a real positive guy for the most part, though. Number seven, "Human Touch." That was that was towards the end of his of his uh, of his rise there, kind of towards the end of his heyday. When Human Touch came out. Number six, State of the Heart. Great, 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 great song. I'm surprised this song hadn't been covered, to be honest with you. Maybe it has been, and I'm unaware of it. But I've always thought of the Rick Springfield catalog, this is one that was kind of an underappreciated classic. Number five, another heart song, Affair of the Heart. Affair of the Heart. Great song. Another relationship-type deal. That's kind of his thing. Number four, The Rock of Life, one of his last big hits. I was actually a DJ at a radio station when, uh, when Rock of Life was out, and we used to play this regularly. Good one, good one too. Number three, one, uh, this was off the Hard to Hold soundtrack. Some of you guys forget, forget that Rick Springfield actually shot a movie. It's Hard to Hold. He, believe it or not, he was a rock star in the movie. Love Somebody was kind of like the song on that soundtrack. I had the cassette tape around this house somewhere. And I used to have Working Class Dog on vinyl. I don't anymore. Number two on the list, going a little bit deeper in the catalog, is Don't Talk to Strangers. Another one of those things, uh, you know, kind of a cautionary tale about a girl that uh, moves out west and tries to make it big as an actress. And so, Don't Talk to Strangers, good track. But number one, it has to be, right? Number one, it's no surprise, right? It's got to be Jesse's Girl. Everybody everybody knows Jesse's Girl. Everybody. And, you know, if you watch Hot Tub Time Machine, you got to see a really good rendition of that. Hot Tub Time Machine's a really funny movie. I love that movie. Uh, but Jesse's Girl is, uh, is the quintessential Rick Springfield song. There are many people right now looking at the radio saying, you know, I haven't listened to that in a long time. Go download it today. Take a trip down memory lane. The greatest time machine of all is music. But I remember when Rick Springfield came to Jackson, Mississippi, and Corey Hart opened. My sisters went. I didn't get to go. 
my sisters went, and Rick Springfield threw a shirt into the crowd. It landed on my sister's head, and three or four girls behind her nearly pulled all the hair out of her head to get that shirt. That's what a big deal, a heartthrob Rick Springfield was. So there you go, top 10 Rick Springfield list. If you have an idea for a top 10, send it to me. I had, I had thought about doing the JUCO, the JUCO impact, JUCO transfers. I plan to do that Wednesday, if I don't forget, because I, I, I just didn't have enough time today. We had so much stuff going on this weekend, trying to finish writing uh, the book. Got three chapters left, and so so I just didn't get a chance to get to it. So because I want to put some thought into that. We've had so many. There are more great junior college transfers at Mississippi State than there are Rick Springfield songs. So it's a little easier for me to kind of piece this Ricky Springfield thing together. So we'll get back on that JUCO thing. And I think I'm going to limit that actually to football because I, I, you can get lost on baseball. I mean, honestly, there's been so many great baseball transfers that have come in here, you know, played a year or two. I mean, just in recent years, you know, Jack Kruger, Nathaniel Lowe, you know, but I'm going to go back and just do football. You know, we'll talk Fred Smoot, some of those guys. There's a guy that won't make the list that I got to know personally back in the day, Latif Travis, absolute monster out of Pearl River Community College. Remind you, our good friends at Campus Bookmart, they're happy to serve you. Good people selling a good product at a good price. If you can make it to town, go by and see Stan the Man, Stan Ray, Miss Kathy Brown, the lovely, talented Susie. That's the headliner right there. That's the headliner. Go get, go, go get your picture made with Susie. And if you don't, if you don't want the picture, get the hug anyway. It's worth it. If you, if you don't want the hug, and you say, you know what, Steve, I'm not, I, I want to observe social distancing from, uh, from all folks, you can do that by going to campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a phrase that pays. That is BSR which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that'll get you free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. Any order less than $50, absolutely incomplete. Again, that's campusbookmart.net, promo code BSR. And mom, I'm going to say it again. The kids have done their best to be good. Let's reward them with a little vacation gear of the maroon and white variety. You can find that at campusbookmart.net. So let's get into, uh, I guess, the story of... uh, of the weekend, and that is Jari and Jones. It was learned late Friday, and I'm going to do my best to kind of piece this together for you. So uh, let me back up a little bit. So on Thursday afternoon, I began hearing that there was the rising possibility that Ole Miss was not going to sign Fabian Lovett and Jari and Jones. And then on Friday afternoon, it was pretty much a certainty that wasn't going to happen. Here is what I have learned, and uh, I'm going to be careful how I say this because there's sometimes st- things get misconstrued, okay? The first thing that I want to say is I don't believe this is some conspiracy born in the skull of one Lane Kiffin. I don't think Lane Kiffin said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go out. I, I don't believe that. I absolutely don't believe that. I know some other people will disagree with me. I don't believe this is some institutional deal where they just decided let's go pick on Mississippi State. I'm sure there's some of their fans that would appreciate that. I've seen some tweets out there uh, where people had kind of, you know, you, you get caught up in the emotion in the emotion of the moment. But uh, I don't believe that. So, but what I was told on Friday is that the Ole Miss Compliance Department uh, had spent a lot of time looking through all of the details surrounding the recruitment of those two student athletes. And apparently there was some things that they were uncomfortable with. I don't know all the details, but I understand they did their own due diligence. And they spoke with other people to gather information and made a decision that it was in their best interest not to pursue recruiting those players any longer. Now, it's been reported by some of the Ole Miss media that both of those had signed a scholarship with Ole Miss. They can be released from that. And they obviously have been because they're both now – reported assignees for Florida State. Uh, and so I go back to a couple things. There were a lot of people that got really upset when I brought some things up on this podcast about you know some of the concerns that I had, some things that I was hearing. And so I'm not going to handle all this with kid gloves, but at the same time I'm not going to take any unnecessary shots. I know many people expect that from me and and, and you know that that's your role. You can you can make of it what you will. 
But the bottom line is this, is if everything had been on the up and up here and everything had been buttoned up, then both of these players would be at Ole Miss today. Now, as I have said before, I don't think there was ever any tampering with Fabian Lovett. I, I believe Fabian Lovett went into the transfer portal of his own volition. Now, one of the things I think is important to understand, I think many Mississippi State fans have likely forgotten, is that Fabian Lovett talked about transferring multiple times before Mike Leach was ever hired. Then it's Jari and Jones things kind of comes out of nowhere. But, uh, you know, to Fabian Lovett's credit, you know, once he made up his mind to leave, he went ahead and got in the portal and, and, and got on out of here. Uh, and so I don't – for any – I've never at any point thought there was anything improper. I don't think anybody tried to unduly influence Fabian Lovett to enter the transfer portal. I believe that was 100% his decision. I don't think that was the case with Jari and Jones. I think there was people that uh, did their best to try to influence him uh, to enter the transfer portal. And so what happens next? That's the first thing that everybody says. Okay, the first thing that I'll tell you is Mississippi State has got to find two guys to fill their spots on a two-deep chart. Because at the heart of this, and a lot of people say, well, you know, yeah, I mean, they didn't end up at Ole Miss, but that does, that does not erase the fact that we had two players that played a lot of snaps for us in the SEC last year that are now no longer available to Mississippi State. To be honest, and I don't say this to throw shade at anybody, you know, Fabian Lovett is the bigger loss because of the position that he plays. It is a premium position. That's one of the reasons when you see these defensive tackles on, on 247 Sports Database and they have 25 offers, it's because everybody has to have those guys and there just aren't as many of those guys to go around. Defensive backs are a little different, and Jarian Jones is a good player and uh, had a lot of options. But you can find DBs a little easier than you can find true three techniques. Now, Mississippi State's going to run a different alignment, obviously, on defense, but uh, Fabian Lovett is a bigger loss immediately just because of the fact that uh, he started every game last year. Jarian Jones played in 11, started one. But he was in a two deep and played a lot, and he was in a position uh, to start this year. But he had not been guaranteed a starting position. I know there are some people it makes for a better story, but you know, Jari and Jones obviously would have uh, competed at free safety and uh, would have played a lot. And so to, the bigger loss here is Mississippi State's. And let's not let that get lost in any way whatsoever. There are a lot of people out there that are, that are having a lot of – you know, a laugh at, at the old Miss expense, but the bottom line is, is that no matter where these two guys ended up, Mississippi State still lost two players they were expecting to, to play a lot of snaps this year. And so, let's not let let's not let that be lost in translation. Now, had they gone to Ole Miss, I think it would have been incredibly detrimental because not only would you have lost two great players, you would have them in state recruiting against you with other players. Uh, you know, every time they have a recruiting event. And Jari and Jones, to his credit, you know, he was a big part of Mississippi State's recruiting push a couple years ago and uh, really recruited hard against Ole Miss. And so if he goes up there as influential as he is and as likable as he is, uh, I could see him being a guy, hey, you bring in the big-time prospect from Central Mississippi and you let Jari and host him on his official visit. And that, listen, that probably would be difficult. I mean, that's just the reality of it. Your coaches can do a good part in all this deal, but the bottom line is, you know, recruiting's about relationships, and when you have guys uh, that have relationships with players, automatically you get a leg up. And then you know as well as I do, uh, he wouldn't be saying positive things about Mississippi State. I mean, that's you know, he's not going to go there and say, yeah, I understand, I got good friends in Mississippi State. No, that's not how life works. And so now the question comes, well, what about the waivers? Because there's a lot of misinformation out there about waivers. A lot of people that have forgotten the fact that the rule is this. The NCAA rule on transfers is that everybody in football sits a year. You sit out the one-year residency requirement. That's the rule. The exception to that rule is sometimes guys get granted immediate eligibility, and you remember those guys because you know those guys are usually high-impact players that make the news or they leave schools under difficult circumstances or whatever. It's not a foregone conclusion that anybody gets a waiver. That's why it's called a waiver. The rule is you sit. And so there's some people out there that have kind of misconstrued things. Oh, yeah, it'll be easy for them to get a waiver. Now, it is a much easier undertaking if the other school 
is agreeable to the waiver. Let's say for an example, let's say you have uh, you know a player that uh, is coming home due to a medical situation and is leaving a school under good circumstances. It is leaving, you know, really they would stay, but it's probably better for them to be closer to home. Maybe they've got a sick mother or father. It's just like, you know, WAP, Devontae Jason that left Mississippi State, goes to Nickel State, you know, I don't think anybody would oppose that waiver. You know, if you, it, it, obviously it's a different circumstance because of the level he's going down to, but you understand my point, is if he transferred anywhere due to a sick relative to get closer to home, nobody at Mississippi State is going to be like, nope, can't do it. When you leave on good terms, you have an opportunity to get, to get that waiver a lot. And, and let's be honest, Louisville, from what I understand, Louisville didn't oppose Allen Love's waiver, but State still didn't get it. So it's not a guarantee, but if both schools agree, the chances of it working out are much better. Now, there are some people that say, well, since Jari and Jones and Fabian Lovett didn't go to Ole Miss, Mississippi State will just sign off on the waiver. I don't think that's true. I don't believe that's the case. And I think some of that is going to probably depend on how this whole thing is worded. Because if you recall, as I said earlier in the show, uh, Fabian Lovett talked about transferring multiple times, many before Mike Leach became our football coach. And so let's say for an example that he, that Florida State applies for a waiver on his behalf. Well, then Mississippi State will then either agree with the request or they'll oppose the request. I expect Mississippi State to oppose the request. I do. Because I don't believe any of that has to do with anything about social media. I don't believe it has anything to do with the tweet. I know that's how many people have painted it. I don't believe that. Because of the fact that he has talked about transferring many, many times. And so they'll, so they'll have this hearing, and he can make his case. But you know what? Mississippi State gets to make their case too. And so I think if you can document, and I'm confident that this has all been documented, that there'll be statements that'll be given that, hey, you know, listen, he, he's wanted to transfer before. You know, maybe he just wasn't happy here and was ready to move on or wanted a fresh start or whatever. And that's all cool and, and all well and good, but you sit a year. That's, that's the rule. The rule is you sit a year. If you feel like, hey, I made a bad decision, I would be happier somewhere else. And he has tweeted out multiple times that he should have got out of Mississippi. And so if that's truly how he feels, then that's fine. He can transfer. Nobody will uh, will be upset about that. Be disappointed that he's no longer here to play. But nobody's going to sign off on a waiver just because somebody feels like, hey, I need to reboot my college career. I need to go somewhere else just to kind of get a fresh start. Okay, that's great. Then you've got a year to redshirt. You've got a year to kind of sit and get acclimated and uh, get ahead academically because that's the rule. And I think it's the same case with Jari and Jones. I think Jari and Jones is going to sit. I think Jari and Jones would have sat at Ole Miss. I think he's going to sit at Florida State this year. And the good thing for Jari and is, is that he still has a redshirt year available to him. And so he'll be able to take the transfer and sit this year. And, and uh, you know, last year he had a hand injury. I understand he's over that. But uh, he'll be, be able to round himself back into good shape, get ahead academically. But I don't think that you're going to see Mississippi State sign off on these waivers. And I have read some of that with great interest, even some Bulldog fans saying, well, since they're not going to Ole Miss or staying within the conference, we'll probably agree to the waiver. I just don't think that's going to happen. I, I, and I don't think you should do it. I, I think it sets a bad precedent. Because then all of a sudden you think, okay, well, if, if they're going to pass the 2021 one-time transfer rule, which I am in favor of, I don't think it's going to have immediate eligibility. That's the thing I don't think people fully appreciate. That's not part of the legislation. That's not part of free agency. And I think one of the things you do is you say, hey, listen, you want to transfer? And, and being able to transfer should be available to kids. But at the same time, too, it should also be something that they, uh, they have the ability to kind of work through. But, you know, you have to make an adult decision at some point. So there's no guarantee you have the immediate eligibility. I, I still agree that if both schools agree, just like we said with basketball players, you know, we had some guys this year that essentially wasted a year of eligibility playing a handful of minutes for Mississippi State. I think Mississippi State, not only should they agree to the waiver, they should encourage the waiver. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't think a kid that played, you know, 20 minutes this year and wasted a year of eligibility should have to sit all this year too. I just don't think that's fair. But in circumstances like these, especially the circumstances surrounding the Jari and Jones situation and the bad blood involved in all that, you know, 
I think you have to say, you know what, if the NCAA wants to grant him a waiver, that's fine, they can do it, but we're going to oppose that. We're going to oppose that and we're going to make our case. I think you have to do that. I know some people are thinking, well, state will sign off on the waiver just to kind of stick it to Ole Miss. This is not about Ole Miss. This is about Mississippi State protecting Mississippi State. And I just think you kind of put yourselves – you paint yourselves in a corner if you start pushing for that kind of stuff. Because what happens next year? You know, when this new transfer legislation comes in, then – well, you gave that guy a waiver. And and let's say for an example like the Fabian Lovett situation – well, this guy wanted to transfer several times, and then all of a sudden he goes, hey, I'm upset about this. I want to transfer. So then do we just give him a waiver despite the fact that he had multiple meetings with multiple staffers at Mississippi State wanting to transfer? You know, I think not. I think it sets a dangerous precedent, and I think, in my opinion, Mississippi State should absolutely oppose the waivers, regardless of where they landed. You know, and other people say, well, you know, this is a state on this thing. No, it's really not. At the end of the day, it's about protecting the integrity of your football program. It's about protecting your roster. You can't allow people to come in here and try to poach players off your roster. It's as simple as that, no matter who's doing it. You know, I firmly believe if anybody thought there was any malfeasance or anything that happened, if they thought Florida State was involved in something like this, then you got to go, go after that too. I think that's the only fair way to do it. And there are a lot of people that say, well, you know, it's just, it's just because this is all egg ball theater. It's, 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 not, it's not egg ball theater. Now, I'll, I'll, co- I'll mention a couple of other things to you, too, before we get out of here. There are some people out there that are saying, well, you know, you know, we just backed off or whatever. Well, it's, it's, no, you didn't just back off. And there are a lot of people out there that are saying, well, you know, it's, it's not that big a deal and we did this. They're trying to downplay the severity of all this. They're trying to downplay the severity of it. And let me go ahead and tell you this. They're wrong. They were wrong the whole way through. I did my best. I did one show to kind of explain the the severity of the whole thing. People laughed, thought it was a joke, said this is another Steve Robertson conspiracy theory. And I'll tell you my batting average on those is really, really good. This was not a conspiracy theory. This was a conspiracy. And so the reality of it is it's, it's all behind us now in that respect. But is it over? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that it is over. I don't know if you guys are aware that there is the, the duty to cooperate and responsibility to self-report. And so in the event that Ole Miss has uncovered anything, uh, you know, I'm sure they will do the right thing and they'll, they'll report that. And so uh, at the end of the day, I think it is important because I think it is a, probably a big moment in the rivalry, not for the way that many of you may suggest. But I think Glenn Boyce and Keith Carter – absolutely made the right decision absolutely made the right decision here I know a lot of Ole Miss fans are disappointed I know a lot of Ole Miss fans are saying that you know what Keith should have stood up for them or whatever I think based on the facts of the situation they made the best decision for Ole Miss simple as that I think they said you know what we've done our own investigation here we looked into this and we're just not comfortable now, that doesn't mean that they have found you know widespread you know malfeasance or anything like that but they have a responsibility to protect their institution, just as Dr. Mark Keenum and John Cohen have a responsibility to protect Mississippi State. And so there have been some times in the past that I believe some Ole Miss administrators would have said, you know what, put up or shut up, we're going to take the kids. And I think this, in many respects, could be a new day uh, in the rivalry, at least from the administration standpoint. I think, you know, the fact that these guys can say, you know what, hey, we got an issue here, and uh, let's work together to ensure that uh, – we don't have a big problem. Uh, I think that is to be celebrated. I really do. I, I, I think I think you have, and I said it on the Gene Space message board, and a lot of people have responded. Uh, I think last time I looked, about seventy people had upvoted. I, I think you have to say, listen, you know, in, in rivalry years past, this might have been a much bigger issue, but I believe they did the responsible thing. I think they did the only right thing here. And to be honest with you, I think there should probably be a gentleman's agreement between Mississippi State and Ole Miss, that this is, we're going to knock this kind of behavior off. We're going to knock this stuff off. We're not going to have this, you know, especially if the transfer rule opens up next year, we can't have, you know, poaching players. We just can't. From either school. You know, I'm not aware of anything with Mississippi State. I, I read it with a great interest. People are saying, well, you know, if you guys want to do this, we, we've got this. You know, listen, if you've got the cards, lay them on the table. I mean, you know, it's just, that's what I believe. 
you know, I, don't do us any favors. I mean, I, that's just, I mean, listen, if there is something out there that needs to be handled, I think that the schools can handle it. And I don't know that that's always been the case. I don't know that the lines of communication between Mississippi State and Ole Miss have been very good. Uh, but I believe, you know, perhaps for the new chancellor and new AD, that, uh, you know, things can be better. I mean, it's like I've, I've seen people t- tell me, I've had many people reach out to me uh, on the state and Ole Miss side both, and uh, some Ole Miss people actually have been very reasonable. And so, you know, Glenn Boyce and Mark Keenum are very good friends, very good friends, have a great working relationship. And uh, there's an, I think there's a lot of people out there, too, that are a little tired of all this. You know what I'm saying? Let's just go play the games. You know, listen, it's never been a friendly rivalry. It probably never will be. But we can eliminate some of the silliness, I think, because of the fact that I think both schools have leadership that's capable of working together. You know, I know there is always going to be a certain level of acrimony when it comes to rivalries. That's what makes us rivals. You know, we just don't really care for each other. And it's not as simple as just a football game for some people. For some people, it's a way of life. But the reality of it is, is this situation here was one that could have absolutely gone off the rails. And I believe at the end of the day, it was handled correctly by both Mississippi State and Ole Miss. I think both schools made the right decision in the best interest of their athletic programs. And my hope is we can move forward. There are a lot of people out there that I know that uh, say at the end of the day, well, uh, you know, we won. Well, it's kind of a hollow victory because at the end of the day, we still lost two scholarship players, two four-star in-state players that, uh, you know, we're expected to contribute for us. And, you know, and that's one thing that I've learned is when guys leave, all of a sudden, you know, I don't know if it's people's honest opinions or if it's a sour grape opinion. Well, now all of a sudden, you know, Jari and Jones and good enough. Jari and Jones is good enough. Jari and Jones, I don't know if Jari and Jones is ever going to be a Jonathan Banks or a Jonathan Abram or anything like that, but Jari and Jones is going to be a good player for us. You know, I think he's a guy that, that, you know, I don't know that he is would have been a star, but I think he certainly would have been a starter for us. And that's one of the reasons he played so much last year as a freshman, because we had a, a need, and he was able to fill some of that need. And, again, Fabian Lovett's a guy that you know, redshirted in this program and then and was a starter last year and really you know, did a good job for us. You remember he had a big sack in the Egg Bowl uh, last year. And so now we got to move forward and find people to go fill those gaps in the two deep. And the good thing is, is that uh, – you know, we got 82 scholarship players. Mississippi State, of course, limited this year to 83. We were at 83 uh, with Reed Bias's signing. That took us back up to 83 because we've had some transfers. And so now we've got a scholarship to play with. Do we go into the grad transfer portal? Do we go into the portal? Do we add somebody else? Do we go get a lineman? Do we go get a receiver? Or do we save it for next year? Those are decisions that Mike Leach and his staff now have to make. I mean, I firmly believe if we could go find a wide receiver out there, even if we're not a difference maker, just somebody that can go out there and play a little bit, uh, you probably need to go take a swing at them just because of the fact I think we are a little bit wide receiver poor. We've got reinforcements on the way, but uh, those guys have not played college football. You know, we, Malik Heath's going to be a star. Caleb Ducking, I think, is very uh, intriguing. But those guys haven't played a college snap yet. And then, uh, you know, if you, so if you can go get a guy, I don't care if he's a G5 guy that uh, was somebody's second or third best receiver. You can go find a serviceable wide receiver that can get open and catch a football. Maybe you go use a scholarship on that. And, again, I don't know what's available in the wide receiver transfer portal. But uh, those are the things that I begin to think about. If I, if I had a scholarship left, I think I would address it with the biggest position of need. You went out and got Reed Bies as a guy that can contribute this year. And in years to come as an offensive lineman, that kind of offsets some of your losses because you've had two old offensive linemen leave. And then you begin to look at the wide receiver thing. You know, maybe, maybe you go get a wide receiver. Maybe you get a DB. Maybe if you can find a safety, maybe you get that. I think safety is one of the state's biggest weak points on defense. I think that's one of the reasons Jari and Jones was, uh, was moving to safety is that we needed numbers at safety. C.J. Morgan's coming off a, a horrific knee injury. I mean, he really is. I don't know what kind of shape he's going to be. I know he's working hard and he's trying to get back. But listen, we don't know if he's going to be as explosive as he was. We just don't know. Then you lose Jaquarius Landrews. You lose Brian Cole. That's three guys last year that played a lot of reps before he gets safety. They're no longer available to you. And so now what do you do? Well, you went out and you signed Kyle Cass. And so he's got to come in. But this is a guy that played at Mississippi Delta Community College last year. It's going to take him a while to get up to SEC speed as well. And so maybe you look at that. But uh, now you've got a scholarship to play with. You've got one to play with. Do you give it to a walk-on or did you go on a transfer portal and get somebody else? 
that all kind of remains to be seen. I guess we'll find out sooner rather than later. Uh, I think some big things are probably going to happen. Uh, we have some, you know, some big recruiting stuff coming uh, in the next few weeks, but uh, that kind of relates to the 2021 class. Still room for one more in the 2020 signing class. So we'll keep you updated. Come check us out over on jeanspage.com, the Mississippi State affiliate for 247 Sports. I think it's important that uh, we all stick together through these times. And uh, you know, I, listen, I'm a Mississippi State guy. And uh, that, to me, that's kind of where the lines are drawn. You know what I'm saying? It's like I, I don't care where you're from, what you got, who you love or whatever. If you're, if you're cheering for the Bulldogs and, and you know, you, you, somebody's giving you a cowbell for Christmas, chances are we're going to be friends. And, uh, and so, listen, you know, I think these times that everybody always has something to say and I'm not one of these kind of people. I mean, I almost made a post on Facebook, but I don't want to be that guy. You know what I'm saying? It's just – there's a lot of bad things happening in the world today, and uh, I think it all starts. I, I can't change what's happening around the country, but I can be a positive person in my community. I can be a person that shows love and respect to everybody, and I have tried to do that, but you know what? I can, I can try to do more. I don't think any of us can look at it and say, you know what? I've done enough. I've done enough to promote harmony. No, I, I think we can all do a little bit better. And uh, I don't mean to take everybody else's inventory because it all starts with me. You know, I'm a firm believer. I used to have this little sign in my office that said, if it is to be, it's up to me. And so i got to do my part. And that means, uh, you know, sometimes maybe perhaps where I just kind of walked away and looked the other way and not dealt with things because I was, didn't want to be inconvenienced, maybe i got to speak up a little bit more. Maybe i got to be a little kinder and gentler with people. And, uh, you know, I think we can all learn from this. And I think there are so many people out there that are hurting today that uh, the more compassion we can show each other, the better. And uh, that, that kind of stuff needs to be contagious. As I mentioned, guys, I'm almost done with the book. And uh, we're working. We're about to finalize a title. I, I think we have it, but we're going to let it marinate for a day or two longer. And so maybe on Friday's show, I'll announce it. I'm pretty proud of it. I think it's perfect. But I'm going to wait. I've got four yes votes on it, and so there's one more person dealing with the publisher now and saying, now listen, he's like, well, you know, I like it. Let's, let's give it another day or two to think about it. And so, uh, so I'll hopefully announce that on Friday's show, and we'll have the book available for pre-order later this summer, and you can find that at starkvillainsthebook.com. For, for the foreseeable future, we're just going to have everything there. Because even though this book won't be named Stark Villains, it is going to be in the Stark Villains series. Okay, because when I'm done with this one, I'm going to write another one. I may not write it next year, but I'm going to write another one. I'm going to continue to write our story, the Mississippi State story. And so why would I deny myself the joy of talking to our sports greats and, and then you know learning Bulldog history and then sharing it with all of you guys? Why would I, why would I ever just say, you know what, I don't want to do that anymore? It's one of the greatest joys of my life to be able to do that. And writing Stark Villains was one of the greatest things that I have ever done. And uh, the new book has been as rewarding, if not more so. Very, very proud of the work. And uh, it, listen, I'll tell you, I have worked really hard during this global pandemic. I've tried to pack all this stuff in. And I'll be honest with you, I'm getting a little writing weary, to be honest, to be upfront with you. And so, but I'm ready to get it done. And uh, i got three chapters left. I'll finish roughing those out this week and hopefully be able to submit those, uh, you know, in the next week or 10 days or so. And then we're going to get into edits and gathering pictures, and then we're hopefully going to push this thing off to print later this month. And so there are a lot of edits that are just sitting there waiting in my inbox for me to look through them, and I'll get to all of that. And uh, it's not, that's the part of the process that it's so difficult. That's the thing about writing books that I don't think the average person knows. It's like when I'm just writing on them, they're, they're mine. You know what I'm saying? They're just – it's – it's my baby. These are my stories that I've collected from interviews that I've done. And so you haven't put them up for any scrutiny. And then when you start having to go back through these edits and look at all the grammatical errors that I've made and look at, you know, we want to rewrite this, you know, you take that stuff a little bit personal because, you know, I've put so much emotion into all of this. I put my heart into this work. And so uh, it's difficult. And uh, there's sometimes, you know, we have uh, some discussions about creative license and, and who's right and who's wrong. And sometimes that gets spirited and sometimes it doesn't. But at the end of the day, too, it's one of those things when you package these things up and then you send these books out into the world, you know, I know how much time and effort I've put into these things. And I know how much of my heart I've put into these. But I also know, too, that these stories are not all mine. That they're, I am telling somebody else's story. 
and I want to always do it justice. I always want to give the proper respect to the people that wore the uniform and went out and won big games for us and represented us with such class and dignity. And so that is a responsibility that I take very, very, very seriously. And I take my role within the Mississippi State family very seriously. And so I want to do a good job for all of you, not just for me, not just so the book will sell, but when you, I want you to be able to read these books again and, say, and pass them around to your kids or whatever and say, you know what, here's a great story about Mississippi State you probably never knew. And so I love all of that. It is uh, one of those things that drives me. I'm always thinking, okay, what about the next book? What, what about this one? What about this one? I need to talk to this person. This person's getting a little bit older. I need to document that story. And so I don't take any of that stuff for granted. And so I can't wait for you guys to get the new one. I can't wait to finish it. Uh, but it, this next month's going to be kind of exhaustive because of the fact that this, this is the, the part of it. Finishing the book is the hardest part. It's fun to start them. It's fun to write them. It's difficult to finish them. And so you guys stay in touch and uh, understand that we'll have something cool, really cool, for you to read uh, sooner rather than later. And, uh, again, absolutely cannot wait for you guys to have it. Again, if you're looking for books, you can get Flim Flam and Stark Villains at Stark Villains the Book. Dot com And you get your Stark Villains shirts at StarkVillains.com. We might actually, uh, the new book, we might actually talk to those folks about creating some new shirts for us. How about that? Creating, we'll, 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 we'll do the new book. I, I'm telling you, this new title is something that I'm pretty proud of, and I think you guys are going to be too. I think you're going to want to rep that too. But until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we'll make more friends than enemies, and people can see a difference in the way we live.